I got a message to preach. Are you ready to hear it? It's called Red Flag. I love this. This is going to be so exciting. Five red flags. You're dating the wrong person. My goal here at church is to spoil your Valentine's Day next week. That's what I'm all about. Now, let me give you a little preemptive strike as we're jumping into the series before we say anything else. How many of you in the house, you're married? Come on, lift your hand. How many of you are married, but you don't want to lift your hand because you don't like your spouse? No. <laughs> I had to ask a couple people to lift their hand. Get ready, staff pastors. We're going to have counseling sessions next week. Now, if you're married, I want you to know, you may recognize in some of these flags some things that maybe you violated, but that does not give you an out. You got to understand that right off the bat. Let me put it to you this way. You understand that before you say I do, before you walk down that aisle, I mean, you can be, you, you, I mean, your, your, your father, bride can be walking you down the aisle. Here comes the bride, oh, that's the way. And I mean, you're, you're walking down the aisle. At any moment, before you say I do, you can turn around, you can be the runaway bride, no problem. No, I mean, I encourage you probably to do that before that because you're going to waste a lot of money, but you can still technically do that all the way down now. I can tell you this, Miss Ann almost did it with me. That's why I had her wear a very thick veil so that she would hide. You know, you understand what I'm talking about. She wouldn't see me in all of my U-G-L-Y. He ain't got no alibi. He was <laughs> so there's strategy and very thick veils. And so all the way down the aisle, you can turn around and be the one runaway bride. I speak for a living. This is what I do. But I'm telling you, listen, look at your pastor now. The moment that you say, I do, whether it was the will of God prior to that or not, it is now. That's why if you're single, go slow. Marry the right person. Because once you say, I do, it becomes the will of God. Whether it wasn't a moment ago the will of God, it is now. So if you're in the house and you're married, I want you to know you're stuck in loving it. Now, if you're in the house and you've been divorced, no one's, we, we know you can't go and unring that bell. We, we, we know you can't unscramble that egg. We're no condemnation here. I'm helping you prepare for your next round. But don't tell me you're on your fourth husband or your fourth wife. Just tell me you're on your last one. And by that, I don't mean you get to kill the one that you're with right now. How many understand that? So come on, this is going to help everybody, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced. It'll talk to everybody in the house. It really will. But I wanted to lay down that premise right off the bat. As I was preparing for this message, I went back and thought about my very first date. Now, please forgive me. I was a heathen child. Uh, I, I, was, I remember it was in the seventh grade, John. I, it was my very first date. And my, I remember who it was. Her name was Kim Haas. Kim, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, no, you can't have me. I'm married now. It's too late. You missed out. <laughs> and I remember Kim out. She was, she was a cute girl in the seventh grade, and I was not a cute girl. <laughs> in this day and age, you've got to clarify. <laughs> but you remember, you remember, how many are old enough to remember the kind of braces? Like now, you, all you cool people, you have braces that are really cool. 
You know, they're very small and they're very, you know, they're kind of see-through and they're very, you can't hardly tell you have braces and they don't make your lips, lips puff out. Back when I was growing up, we didn't have anything like that. The braces were like railroad tracks. <laughs> I remember those. You remember those? Listen, if you lightly brushed up against something, your lips would bleed. If there was a strong wind, your, your lips would bleed. How do you remember those? And I had those. John, I had giant braces and at night I had to wear a retainer. Remember the retainer? Retainer was an outside thing back then. It was like this thing that went all around at night. And if anybody ever saw me, I swear I was one bolt away from Frankenstein. <laughs> so we were at a little party for little seventh grade kids. And, you know, we're down in the basement somewhere where we shouldn't ever be. Again, I was a heathen child, so don't, don't you know. And we're, we're, you know, we were playing like the little makeout game. And I remember I never kissed anybody. Never, I never kissed anybody, and I, I, I still have not, okay, <laughs> 33 years, we'll sneak one in after the service. And, 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 and so I remember she's just kind of sitting there on my lap, and she was, her eyes were closed, and you could tell she was waiting for me to kiss her. And I was so scared. Kevin, I was so nervous because I had these braces things, and I thought, as soon as I kiss her, I'm going to bleed on her. <laughs> And she'll turn into a vampire, and the whole thing is not going to be good. And so, I mean, I was really, really, really scared about it. And so, and I was, so I was kissing her on the cheek, like that. And you could tell this was not what I was supposed to be doing. So finally, I worked up the nerve to kiss her on the lips. And I kissed her on the lips, and I avoided bloodshed and so forth and so on. But it was awful. It was the worst. It was my first date. How many know, you know, if you're single, dating is not easy. If you're, if you're a teenager, dating is not easy. And if you don't believe that, <laughs> watch this. All right, let's go here. Let's turn it to me. Let's go. Hey, how was my son's date? Big stud. Terrible. Probably the worst day in history. What? Well, man, don't worry about it. We've all had those. I dated a communist one time. It did not end well at all. I should have noticed all the red flags. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I dated a girl one time with a gimpy leg. I could tell it wasn't gonna work, so I broke it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's comedy bronze right there, Ron, that's awesome. But seriously, Dad, have you had any girl trouble before you met Mom? Well, sure. Yeah, we all have girl trouble, man. I mean, before I met your mom, I dated a twin once, and it had its challenges. How'd you tell them apart? It was easy, because Stacy had blue eyes and a freckle on her neck. Frank had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, someone smile in the house of God. Not easy, I'm telling you right now, and I'm gonna spoil your Valentine's Day. Let's look at our key verse very quickly, Proverbs 27 and verse 12. A powerful verse, one of my favorites, I love this, check it out. A prudent man, the Hebrew really means a man with common sense. How many know common sense is becoming very uncommon in this culture? Prudent man perceives evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I want you to know that God wants you to be prudent. He wants you to have common sense, particularly when it comes to your dating life. Single people, if you're single, would you lift your hand for a minute? Lift it high, you might get a date. Come on, come on. Get off of FarmersOnly.com and lift your hand. It's not a disease, it's okay. Now listen, listen this is really important. 
The next most important decision you can ever make, other than who is your Lord. Once you got Jesus as your Lord, the next most important decision you can make is who you're going to marry. It could be a little heaven on earth or a little bit of hell on earth. I'm looking over at DJ and his wife, and, I'm, and they're agreeing real big. Thank God they married the right people. Come on, come on. DJ's doing like that. That's a good sign. When, when, when you're doing like that, that's a good sign you married the right person. When you're doing that to the preacher, that's a bad sign. So we got to have that really describes what we call discretion. Discretion is wisdom that keeps us from future trouble. So let's talk about it, guys. We're going to open it up and, and get real, real today. We're going to give you five red flags. Are you ready? If you're married, you're going to enjoy this. If you're single, you're going to get nervous. But this is going to help everybody in the house. Here we, go. Here we grow. Let's take a look at flag number one. They are an unbeliever or a carnal Christian. This is a flag to you. I'm going to be doing this throughout the message. <laughs> Come on, did you like the video where he said the, the communists and the red flags? That was very clever. Went with the whole theme. You remember, you remember, you remember, would you ever, you ever go to the beach? Yeah. You, oh, come on. Have you, ever, you know what the beach is? Sand, ocean, water, salt. Remember? You ever go to the beach? You ever, you ever see the, like in Florida where they have all the flag systems? We, we brought you the flag system so that you know what it looks like. You, you know that. The, the double red, that's extreme. The red, the yellow, the green, the purple. Purple is not good. That means there's jellyfish. I, I, listen, if you, I'm a big fisherman in the ocean. I'm a shark fisherman. Uh, a lot of times I'll use my kayak. That's much safer. I'll go way out there. But sometimes I'll wade out in the ocean. Oh, my goodness. Has anybody in the house ever been stung by jellyfish? I've been stung by a jellyfish wading out in the ocean to cast my uh, big pole. I have a 15-foot pole. When you cast a 15-foot pole and if it hits a cloud, it'll start to rain. <laughs> when I go out in the ocean, I've been stung like four or five times on one cast by jellyfish. I've gotten into schools of them, and it hurts so bad. And the one cure for it is pneumonia, which comes from urine. Not joking. So how many know when you get stuck by jellyfish, you're in trouble? <laughs> so we're going to really make sure as you're wading into the waters of dating, that's red flag number one. Put red flag number one up because we don't want you to get stung. They're unbelievers or carnal Christians. Let me give you the verses, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 and Amos 3, 3. Be not, watch this now, unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion, the Greek word kononia, what partnership hath light with darkness? Amos says it this way, how can two walk together unless they agree? So our first red flag as you're looking to date somebody is are they born again? They're, are they, if they're unbelievers, that's a red flag. We can't walk together. Now let me talk to you. I'm going I'm to give you eight thoughts about that. That's a lot, number one. God's not limiting you. He's protecting you. You have to understand that. God's not, God's not, this is not, the, the, God loves you. He's not, he's not trying to limit who you can date. He's protecting you from marrying somebody whose values are completely different. How could they be the same as yours when you're a child of God and they're a child of darkness? 
Now, again, they're lost, and, and so we, we want to win them to the Lord, but there's no such thing as missionary dating in the Bible. Let me, let me talk to you. Look at number two. Look at that. Now, let me show you the verse. It's very powerful, 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 16. For how do you know, wife, whether you'll save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you'll save your wife? In other words, if you marry somebody that is not a believer, there is no guarantee that they will ever be born again. That's exactly right. Yeah, but pastor, I know somebody that they got married and the husband wasn't saved, the wife wasn't saved, and then they got saved. Well, that's good. Good for you. That happened in spite of, but not because of. I can, for every one story you can tell me that worked out well, I've been in ministry 40 years. I can give you 99 that turned out horrible. Because God clearly tells us we can't be unequally yoked together. The picture there is very, very clear. It's literally talking about two oxen that are yoked together by this big, sturdy um, uh, yoke. And literally what happens is if they agree, they'll go in the same direction. But if one ox wants to go that way and the big ox wants to go that way, how many know, ladies and gentlemen, it's only going to split them apart. How can two walk together except they agree? There's no guarantee that that man or that woman is ever going to be saved. Next thing that you need to know, and it really is important, check it out. Marriage doesn't change your character. It only reveals it. People think, well, okay, when we get married, it's all going to be fixed. Oh, my goodness, no, it's not going to all be fixed. No, no, no. It, 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 marriage, doesn't, it just reveals who you already are. Listen, i got to tell you right now, it, and it's true. How many have been married for more than two weeks? It can be, it, you, you got your hand up over there. You're barely over two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, it reveals who you already are. It's, it's, there's nothing, there is nothing uh, like revealing your character when a husband and a wife get married and they live together. When, notice the order. When a husband and wife get married and then live together. That's the order. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Oh, man, all of a sudden now, you gotta, if you're a guy, you got to remember to put down toilet seats. There's nothing, nothing worse than hearing a psh, and you know your wife has just fell in, fall in the toilet. <laughs> Could I have an amen? How many understand the difference? If you're, if you're a toothpaste person and, and you're, you're a squeeze from the bottom and you're very orderly and you want to get all, that's me. I want to get all the toothpaste out. My son, has grown up, I don't know why, but he's always squeezes from the middle. So whenever he's done, he can't get any more out. I'll go up, get his toothpaste, and I'll have like nine years worth of toothpaste left because <laughs> I just start from the bottom. And do people do different things different ways, and it can drive you crazy. Marriage is challenging enough without being married to an unbeliever. Helping anybody in the house. Fourth thing that you need to know, and it is true, the better looking you are, the longer he or she can hide who they are. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Listen to me. I understand that full well. My wife faked who she was for the longest time because I'm so handsome. <laughs> I, was, I told the guys back in, back in my office I was going to say that out here, and, and I knew you all would laugh because you know that's anything but the truth. Now, what do you, what do you mean, Pastor? Now, now, look at your pastor. Let me be your pop for a little bit, okay? Some of you never grew up with a good pop. Let me be your pop. This will help you. If you're a real pretty gal, trust me on this, 
Guys can act really great for a really long time. The prettier you are, the more we'll act like a fake Christian. I mean, we'll come to church with you. We'll do what we got to do. When you're real good, we'll even lift our hands. Hallelujah. But then as soon as you marry us, what's it to you? Because we can really fake it for good-looking women. And the converse is true. If you're a hunk of a man, which I'm looking in the audience, there's not many of you. <laughs> oh, come on, someone smile in the house of God. <laughs> if you're a hunk of a man like John over here, I mean, I'm telling you right now, your lady will act a certain way for a lot longer because they want to get that hunk. Am I preaching good? I was talking to his wife down there. Better looking you are, the longer they can fake it. You've got to know that. I always tell people, look at your pastor. I always tell people, observe them apart from emotional involvement. What, 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 are they, what are they, if they're on the basketball court and they don't know you're watching, young lady, and they get hit by an elbow in the face, the first thing that comes out of their mouth, if the first thing that comes out of their mouth is something that you wouldn't want to put in your hand, don't hold theirs. Because, see, that's who they really are. That's who they really are. Well, on the basketball court, not the fake guy at church. Hallelujah. Fifth thing that you need to know is helping anybody. If they weren't, watch this. If they weren't doing it before meeting you, it's unlikely they will do it after marrying you. That's why it's important. Look at your pastor. It's important while you're dating to go to the same church, hear the same teaching. It's imperative because I'm telling you, you're going to get married at some point. Now, what, look, at, look at your pastor. You're going to get married at some point, and what you're hearing on a regular basis will affect your entire life. The local church, what's taught in the local church is, is so important, and you need to be on the same page because it will determine how you raise your kids. It will determine. If one of you believes in healing and one of you doesn't, it's going to cause a big trouble. If, 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 uh, it's, if one of it, like my wife and I, we talk about this all the time. Divorce for us is not an option. It's just not an option. Now, now, someone commits adultery, then biblically it is an option. But we don't joke about it. We don't threaten it. We threaten murder. <laughs> but it's not an option. But a lot of people grew up, and that is an option to them. It's not for us. Well, it's not, that's, we're we're going to do what we got to do. Through good time or bad time. When we can't see eye to eye, we're going to walk hand in hand. And we're not, that's not an option to us. Not, no offense to those of you who have gotten divorced. That's not what I'm trying to say. I, well, you, again, you can't unring that bell. But I'm telling all of you that are married, not, that is not an option unless there's physical abuse or unless there's adultery. We have cheapened marriage in the church of the United States of America. And we wonder why the redefining of marriage has occurred. The church is partly to blame for it. Because we're throwing rocks at everybody who's trying to redefine it. But yet we're over here in our circles cheapening it. That doesn't work. Look at your pastor. Never look out the window till you first look in the mirror. 
That's good preaching, Pastor. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If they weren't doing it before meeting you, it's unlikely they're going to do it after marrying you. Well, yes, they will. Why don't they do it now? That's a deal breaker. How can two walk together except they agree? What you hear on a Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday basis at a local church, it's important you're hearing the same things, going in the same direction, being on the same page. Sixth thing that you need to know, and it's so powerful, people talk about first what they value most. What do you mean? All right, now look, look at you, Pastor. Here, here, here's some, you can identify this red flag very readily. My, my wife and I, when, I remember when we, when I first called my wife, she lived in Tulsa, I lived in Knoxville, and we remember the time where phones were still connected to walls. We didn't have FaceTime or any of that. That was to my advantage, because I look like this, she looks like that. It's to my advantage, but I have a winning personality and a nice voice. So it makes up. And, and, and so I remember I called her, and, and she'll tell you, within 60 seconds, 30 seconds, I asked her, tell me about you and Jesus. Because I'm telling you right now, if she doesn't answer that question right, I don't want to pay for this. And I watch these people. I talk to these people, I, you know, people that are believers. And they date people three, four, five times. And I'll ask them, I'll say, Have you, has the Lord come up? Well, no. Well, no? I, I, listen, I don't, even kind of, I don't even kind of understand that. I really don't. No, you're here. You never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Of course I get it. Or you just got born again. It's new territory. I get it. But you've been a believer for a while. Dear me, people talk about first what they value most. It, it, it comes up right away with me. I don't see how it doesn't come. I talked to this one young man dating somebody, and, and, and I talked to him, and I said, have you brought up this? No, we haven't brought it up. Are you kidding? They've been dating for like six months. I don't even kind of get that. What people value most comes up first, and if it hasn't come up with the person that you're dating, big time red flag. Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When Jesus is really there in abundance, he'll come out. I hear people all the time saying, well, you know, religion should be private. I totally agree with you. Religion should. Relationships should be broadcast far and wide. When you're excited about uh, uh, the Lord and you have a relationship with him, man, you can't wait to talk about him. That's coming up quick for me, number seven, and it's true. Check it out. Watch how he or she treats people who aren't important, and I put that in quotations. Because to the Lord they are and to us they are. But watch how, how does he treat or how does she treat uh, a waiter or a waitress. Here's, here's one. Men, how does she treat her dad? Is she always disrespectful, always rolling her eyes? Dad. Ladies, why, how, how, does, how does the guy treat mama? Is, is he disrespectful, always yelling at her, always impatient with her? Whoa, red flag. Red flag. Because that's exactly once the newness of that relationship has worn off, that's exactly how they're going to treat you when you get married. Boy, it got awful quiet in the house here. 
This is powerful, you guys. I, how many, how many, I'm ruining your Valentine's Day. I, that's my goal. That's what I'm after. Eighth thing that you need to know, look at this now. Don't give them your heart if God doesn't have theirs. Don't you dare give them your heart if God does not have theirs. Oh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, you're just asking for trouble. It's challenging enough, 33 years plus. It's challenging enough when you both love the Lord, let alone when one person does and one person doesn't, or one person is committed to the Lord and then one person is kind of one foot in the world and one foot in the church. No, no, that's, the, that's awful. And I'm telling you right now, as times get more challenging, and they will, you mark my words, they're going to get more challenges, going to get darker out there. We're going to need to gather in the local church like never before. It is vital. It is important. It is imperative. I thank God for all the countries watching online. I, I really do. But we need to gather physically. What happens if they turn everything off online? That's a possibility. You're going to need to gather with actual people. What happens if you get cut off when you say certain things that are biblical but not cultural? You're going to need to gather together. That's red flag number one. How many are mad at me? Okay, because give me some time. If you're not mad at me yet, I'll work on it. Red flag number two. That's just fun for me to do. When those that you love don't love who you're dating. Now, please let me qualify. I'm not talking about manipulative moms or dads or parents or no one's good enough for my kid or all of those balances. We're not talking about that. But you've got a mom or a dad that really loves the Lord and has a genuine heart for you and would never, ever manipulate you or stand in the way of some kind of thing. Or, or you know, I, I got my son sitting on the front row. Um, but, uh, believe me, they, they, I, I've never, ever thought, and ever, people are, are, are no, John's too good for ever, anybody. I think there's lots of women here in the church that are too good for him. Oh, come on. I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm having fun. He's sitting on the front row. I love him. We're having fun. Someone smile. But no, I would never do that. I would never manipulate. I would, I would never. That's not my thought process. I, that disgusts me. We're not talking about that. But what we are talking about is when you legitimately love God and you're a strong believer and you recognize there are some principles that are being violated from the word of God. I'm telling you right now, pay attention. And if there are the people that love you, pay attention to that. Don't, don't disregard that. Look at the verse. It's powerful. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Now, look, see, we get insulted because God thinks, okay, you're, you're, uh, well, I'm not a fool. No, the, the fool is not mentally deficient. That's not the biblical fool. You could have a very high IQ. The fool is mentally insufficient. They're not getting the right counsel because their only counselor is them. How, how many know, how many know this attitude in the culture? Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. Well, you have a fool for a counselor. Because you're the only one to tell you anything. You like that? That's kind of Zorro, isn't it? Kind of. The way of a fool, the way of a fool, the way of a fool. He thinks he knows everything. I got this. I got this. I got this. Is right in his own eyes. But watch this. He who heeds counsel, ESV says, he who listens to advice, 
He's wise. See, a lot of times we think we're going the right way. We think everything's great. But there's people out here that really love you and care about you, and they've been down this road, and they see the mistakes you're making, and they're going, red flag, red flag, please, 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 violation of biblical principle. I'm not trying to be a bug in your life. But the real folk, the people that are valuable in your life are the people that love you and care about you and are wise, but will look at you and tell you the truth. I know a lot of people, listen, this church is very encouraging, but we're not flattering. There's a difference. I know a lot of people, everything's rainbows and puppies and sunshine. Rainbows and puppies and sunshine, and you're awesome. <laughs> that is nonsensical, folks. That is not true love. Jesus looked at the rich young ruler, and he, the rich young ruler said, I, I've, I've, commit, I've kept all of these things, all of the things from my youth. Jesus looked at him, and the Bible says in Mark 10 and 21 through, or 17 through 21, Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and loved him. And told him the truth. One thing you lack. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. God's not against you having money. He's just against money having you. Money had that man. He looked at him and loved him and told him the truth. See, in this culture, if you don't look at people and love them and affirm everything that they do, they, well, you don't love me. That's the biggest lie this culture's ever told. That I got, I have to, the only way I can love you is by affirming, I affirm you and everything you do, it doesn't matter what you do, it's okay, you're awesome, puppies and sunshine. That is not love. That's not love. That is not love. If the road is out and they're on that road and they're driving on that road and you don't say something, you do not love that person. I'd rather be thought of as mean, but really be kind, than thought of as kind and really be mean. <gasps> I know the road's out, but rainbows, puppies, and sunshine, and you're awesome. And I wave to you as you're going down death's road. <laughs> Here's you driving. How many know I'm getting my workout in while I'm preaching? I feel my obliques getting stronger. But he who heeds counsel, this is to advice, is wise. Let's talk about counsel. I talk about a lot. We'll go quickly. Powerful. Number one, check it out. We tend to run to permission, not correction. You know that. Talked about that a lot. But that's what we do by nature. We want to run to someone and say, puppies and rainbows and sunshine. Misery does love company. There's always people in life's ladder at a lower rung than you are that's going, come down here. <laughs> Life is awesome. We're miserable. And the more people that are on our rung, the more we feel secure about our own demise. Second thing is true. We always are, well, you should always seek counsel you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Look at me in the eyes, man. Tell me, Dad. Tell me, Pastor. Tell me. Tell, if, it, if it hurts, oh, well. Talk to me. I don't, I don't want to find out then. I want to find out now. Third thing is so true and it's powerful. You can always get the counsel you want by who you select and what you select to tell them. 
You know that's true. Hey, um, now, I, you know, I'm, I'm dating this girl, and she's got a job, and she's got really pretty hair, and we leave out that her name is Lucy Fur. And you've seen, literally seen her head spin around and spit out pea green soup. And she talks like this. But she's got pretty hair. <laughs> What's happening? I'm, on, I'm selecting the counsel that I want to hear from you. And then I validate my own informational bubble. And I'm just stuck in this little cocoon of self-deception. It's hard, guys. I know. I know. That's what we do the best. We, we self-deceive the best. We, we self-justify the best. I know. It's hard to, to really rip open your heart and expose it to someone that cares about you. Go, okay, tell me the truth. Ah, and you know it's coming. And you know it's going to hurt. But that's the wisest thing that you can do. The dumbest thing you could do is just keep on driving and fall off the cliff. Helping anybody? Next red flag. <laughs> I get to do this five more times. <laughs> if you don't experience healthy conflict, if you're, if you're dating and you don't know what healthy conflict is, let me, let me describe that too, because everybody's going to have a little conflict, but it's got to be healthy. And if it's unhealthy, that's a, real, that's a real red flag to you. This is something that's probably not going to work. Let me give you some thoughts on that. Healthy couples fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight for victory. You fight for victory when it comes to the devil. But when it comes to someone you're dating or your spouse, you, 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 the goal is not like, I win. <laughs> da, da, da. This is not Rocky with you and, your, and, and, and Carl Weathers. He was Apollo Creed. He just died. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you're fighting the devil, fight to win. It, we, but listen, when, when it comes to your spouse, resolution is the solution. You don't fight to win. You, you want to work this thing out. How can I build a bridge towards you and work this thing out? My, listen, my wife and I, we have disagreements all the time. And the two times I was wrong in our 33 and a half year marriage, <laughs> we had to work it out. Second thing you need to know, and it really is true, if you're always fighting, this is, this is what we're coming for. If you're always fighting, and there's a pattern of fight, make up, break up. Fight, make up, break up. Red flag. Red flag. If you're always doing this, trust me, when you get married, that's not going to stop. That's going to get worse. I'm going to work in my pecs right now. I'm getting in every body part. Just be patient. Listen, are you with me now? I know. I know people. I know people. We, I've had people in this church. 
where, where guys say, okay, we just fight and we break up and we fight and we break up and we fight and break up. I, I know there's a, a one guy told a couple of guys in our church, he said, now, hold me accountable. If I do this again, if we break up again, and if I go back to her again, you just punch me. Because this is crazy. Because they would fight and break up and make up and fight and break up and make up and fight and break up and make up. Folks, if that's what's happening in your, in your dating relationship, get out of there. And if you've got someone who's manipulating you all the time and trashing you all the time and talking down to you all the time and treating you like dirt all the time, dear me, you don't deserve that. You deserve better than that. And I watch it. Let me, while I'm running down this road and making everybody a angry at me, young ladies, women of God, listen to me. Listen, I'm your spiritual pop for just a minute. You don't deserve garbage treatment. You don't deserve that. You cannot think that poorly of yourself where you allow that turkey to treat you that way all the time. And, you can, and listen, you can, I watch this all the time. And God, I, I watch people pray. They've had really bad relationships. They pray, God, just give me a good Christian man. And God brings them a good Christian man, but he's not exciting. But he's a good Christian man. He has a job. Remember jobs? Remember the book of Job and the old covenant? Dude's got a job. Remember job? That helps. Yeah, but this guy's got long, wavy hair and a motorcycle. He treats you like dirt. But if God gives you this nice guy and he's, and he's a Christian and he loves the Lord and he cares about you and he has a job and you go back to these idiots, that's on you. What, what's happening? That's how lowly you think of yourself. You don't see yourself as the princess that God sees you. You see yourself as someone that is unworthy, and that is not who you are. That's what they were singing about. God, change your name. You are a child. You are a daughter of the Most High God. You don't deserve get your motor running. You don't deserve that. You got a pattern of fight and make up and break up and fight and make up and break up and fight and make up. That is not healthy conflict. Everybody has conflict. Anybody who's married has conflict. But you've got to make sure that conflict is healthy. Resolution is a solution. It can't just be this constant battle. And if you're dating and it's a constant battle, when you get married, it's going to be worse. These guys, I'm looking at Isaac and Gabby. They're in dangerous territory right there. They're in the fourth row, and they're dating right now. They're within striking distance. That was a big mistake. You guys should have sat in the back. I'm looking at them. It's good stuff, isn't it, Dad? Isn't it good, Dad? It's good stuff. Good stuff. Look at number three. Number three is helping anybody. If you never fight, that's conflict avoidance. You, you, you can't just be, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I don't see, you don't see, no, 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 no. You can't, that's crazy. And see, now, now look at your pastor. I'm going to talk to you here and pastor you a little bit, okay? See, I know some of you grew up and you never, you never had any, you're just, you're scared. You, anytime any, there was any sort of disagreement, then people would run. Well, you know, I'm out of here and they run. So, the, so instead of you, have an actual communication about it, you think if there's any conflict, that means someone's going to run. And if you're used to that, and all of a sudden, you know, you have a little conflict, and you, and you go, well, you mean you're not leaving? 
No, I'm not leaving. We're just having a disagreement. Let's work it out. But you're used to that. That's, you can't have conflict avoidance. You've got to talk about something. Just because you swept it under the rug doesn't mean it's gone. Anger that is internalized becomes wrath that is verbalized. And if you just keep stuffing it in and stuffing it in and stuffing it in, I promise you it doesn't go away. It just comes out in different ways. Some people hand, handle wrath or anger in a different way. Some people, you know, they explode. You're, you're me like an explosive angry person? I said... That's explosive angry person. That's irony in teaching. Let me try it over here. Or you maybe handle anger in a different way. Maybe you give people the silent treatment. That's how people do it. There are different ways people handle anger. But if you don't talk about it, it doesn't go away. It just builds up. So you got to, you got to, that leads me to number four. You got to do this. You've got to learn the art of carefrontation, not confrontation. Uh, we, we're very good at this here at Joy. We talk about things. We don't just let them stew. And so I'll go to my wife if there's some kind of an issue. I'll say, honey, I need to talk to you about something. And I don't do it perfectly, but I try not to, you know, say, you never. And I try to say, okay, this is how it, this is making me feel right now. And so I, I'm really asking if you would do this. Can you, can you help me with this? Uh, because this is the way I'm feeling. And I'm having carefrontation. And, and the reason that I do that is because I, I, I want this relationship to continue. Right. See, we have a bad idea about confrontation. We think confrontation, high blood pressure, necks bulging, veins bulging, everybody's yelling. That doesn't have to be the case. It only is the case when you're right on the edge of the cliff. You, ever, you, you got a kid? And when they're right on the edge of something dangerous, you got to yell. Right. But if you can talk to them 100 yards ahead of time, you can say, hey, say, son, don't do that. So carefrontation is all about talking to people 100 yards ahead of time, helping anybody. So listen, look, look, look at your pastor. Next to receiving Jesus as Lord of your life, who you marry is the most important decision you're ever going to make. And dating is for mating. In other words, you're, you're not mating during the dating, but you're deciding, is this someone I should mate? while I'm dating. Do you clearly get that? So it's so important. Those are some red flags. And if you've got any of those, get before God. Brandish your heart to him. He's not trying to, he's not trying to limit you. He's trying to protect you. He cares about you very deeply. And if you're here and you're married and you see any of those signs, oh, yeah, gosh, you're still sucking loving it. But now you have some tools that you can begin to work on that relationship and make it stronger. Listen, that's, uh, may I challenge everybody in the house? Don't fight with each other. Fight for each other. Helping anybody. <laughs>